Welcome. Today's episode touches on abuse. Abuse of any form, whether it's physical, emotional, narcissistic, or any type of toxic relationship has imbalance of power. Hi, this is Rashmi at Living to Love Yourself podcast, and it's my pleasure to have Isabel Kirsch with us today to discuss abuse. She's a life transformation and mindset coach and founder of The Trusted Journey. She uses a holistic approach to coaching and empowers women to move on and heal from domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and toxic relationships. She's certified in life coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, Reiki, which is energy healing, and yoga teaching. She also has degrees in both sexology and law. One of her favorite quote is by Akshay Dubey, healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. Without further ado, I'd like to invite Isabel on our platform. Hi, Isabel. Hi, Rashmi. Nice to be here. Thank you. Likewise, I am so happy to have you here. So before we begin on the logistics behind domestic abuse, what it is, what not, do you mind letting the audience know how you became a coach, uh, the mindset and transformational coach, what inspired you? And was there anything in your life that, you know, drove you to this passion? So we'd love to hear a little bit further. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Ashmi. Uh, I'm so happy to be here and to be talking about this issue because I think that it does affect and concern many women. And it's not a topic that is often talked about openly like this. I guess for me, um, I went through many, many years of very toxic relationships. And I'm 39 now, actually turning 40 next week. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and uh, I've been through with uh, through toxic relationships uh, for a very, very long time. And this eventually led to a very abusive marriage. Uh, it was very severe domestic violence, and after it ended, I found my way through a very healing journey through holistic healing tools, uh, which have which I've turned into a healing strategy to help other women who are going through the same life transition. It, was it something personal you went through, or is it something that, unless of course, uh, you know, if it's digging too deep, it's okay. Um, I, I understand. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yes. So, um, so like I said, many toxic relationships I have, I've had, and uh, I was dating, it, was, it felt like I was dating the same person over and over again, and I wasn't learning my lesson. And it just became worse and worse. And at one point, I was getting involved with people who were actually dangerous, not only for me, but for society. It, was, it came to that point. And suddenly I meet this person and he was like Prince Charming. Oh. He was love bomb. It was love bombing and flowers and calling and texting all the time and telling me how amazing I was and saying he loved me really quickly and uh, how he wanted me to be his best friend. And it just felt so amazing at the time because after the way that I had been treated by these other men, 
I just like I won the lottery. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> you off your feet. I, I completely understand. Yeah. And it just went really fast. And we got married within less than a year. And then things started unraveling. And uh, it, was, it was a very strange journey for me because I was so sure he was the love of my life. And uh, he, who would be so kind to me? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Isabel, it, when it comes to domestic abuse and when it comes to any forms of abuse, such as emotional abuse, uh, the toxic relationship once in, do you mind? Do you mind letting us know a little on what that? What are the symptoms or the signs that anyone needs to look out for when someone is in a toxic relationship, or is with a narcissistic uh, person, whether it's a man or woman? I guess at this point, you know. So, I do you mind giving us uh, some signals what we should be looking out for? Oh yes, definitely. So um, I'll give my own experience as an example, but I know many women who have gone through exactly the same thing. I think it's absolutely relevant. So um, I think uh, for me, the moment we got married, uh, he started speaking to me differently. And he was starting to, it, it starts gradually. You, it's not something that you will see right off the bat. Right. I think uh, the first thing that ha happened was masking control. And so he started saying things that, like, I couldn't go out of the house without letting him know. I wasn't working at the time. And he said, you know, but it's for your own good. It's because I'm worried about you. It's because I'm working. And if something were to happen to you, then, uh, you know, I wouldn't know where you are and I wouldn't know what to do. And um, if I eventually, when I forgot to do that, he would threaten to divorce me. That was a bit further down the line, but what he was, what he 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 implemented was that it was all out of care, mm. and uh, and so he started slowly taking control of other things like my finances. I trusted him, and I gave him access to my bank account. And I know now it sounds crazy for me to have done that, but at the time he was. He was formulating it in a way where he wanted to uh, help me get rid of the debt that I had. He wanted to, you know, help me get back on my feet and it's going to be better for my credit if I need, a, you know, another credit card or, you know, so for me, it sounded so amazing to me that he was doing all of these things. He's so concerned for my well-being. Mm. Uh, and then it started, a bit, it went a bit deeper and it's like, I want you to stop speaking to your male friends. I want you to delete them all from social media. Again, saying he would do the same thing because that's just the respectful thing to do when you're in a marriage. And, um, and he wanted to do everything together. And at first, because he loved me so much and he just wanted never to be apart from me, mm. but it isolating me from my friends and my family and it damaged a lot of my relationships because of him. Yeah. So basically, you're looking at any type of or a degree of control mm -hmm. seems is in is quite a, a bit of a narcissistic behavior, and uh, those in any type of control, whether it's finance, whether it's in 
your friends, your social group, whether it's what kind of your finance. So any kind of control seems to be the imbalance between a relationship. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, the words that the person uses as well. You know, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a compliment, but it's actually not a compliment. It's a belittling thing. Uh -huh person says. And uh, I realized uh, with time, and I didn't know what a narcissist was at the time. I had studied personality disorders, but it's not until later that I realized that he was actually a narcissist. And what you look out for in a narcissist is somebody who's extremely self-centered, someone who acts in a very grandiose way who lacks empathy, who lacks consideration towards other people. And you can notice this not only towards you, but the way that he behaves with his friends, if he's reliable, if he's only thinking about himself. And the need for admiration, so that was a big one, always needing to be praised and complimented and taking it personally when you're not praising and the manipulation, the being very, very demanding and you're never really up to those standards. Mm -hmm. so those are, thank you for that. Those are very important signs to look out for. Mm -hmm. uh, so you went through these challenges, Isabel, and how, how can someone who go through such severe, I guess, toxic relationship, how do you even get out of it? How do you even, what do you do? How do you even get the support? Because you're pretty much locked out of any type of social support yeah. and finance. Exactly, exactly. It's it's extremely difficult. Uh, I actually wanted to leave him for a while, and I was because you 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 become afraid. You also have lost your sense of worth. Uh, you don't love yourself anymore. You don't even know who you are anymore because you are so used to catering after someone else's needs. Mm it becomes incredibly difficult to leave and, and, and realize that you can actually go through life on your own again. I didn't even know how to pay my bills anymore when I left that relationship. And so what, what helped me, the worst thing to do is fighting the person when you're, you're with them because that just triggers them and it, it amplifies the abuse. Uh, at one point, I just changed my, I, at first I was fighting him, and at one point I changed my strategy and I said, okay, I need to find a way out. The only way is if he's the one who decides that he doesn't want this relationship anymore. That's deep. Yeah, and so I stopped engaging. I stopped, uh, I gave up basically on the relationship. I stopped trying. I said, I don't want to do these things anymore, and I just became numb. And I, it was my strategy because I said, if I become like that, he will get bored and he's going to disconnect and he's going to leave. He's going to ask me for the divorce. And this is exactly what happened. Well, good for you. You were able to think through this. Yeah. But also, I mean, this is just, this is something I did because I didn't, I didn't realize I still had support. But if anyone is listening to this, uh, knowing that they still have that circle, that family, I would really suggest to to reach out to your network, reach out to your family and and just voice what's going on because 
sometimes you don't realize when you're in it that this is actually happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what did you do after you got out of this relationship? Uh, so uh, I got out of the relationship and uh, I moved into my own flat and my own apartment. And the first feeling was relief. I was relieved. I said, oh my God, I'm so happy to be out of that control. I'm, I feel free again. I can, I can grow my wings again. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I sat down on my sofa and I said, oh my God, I can read a book without getting yelled at. I can, I can just sit in quiet. And that was just amazing for me. And so, but the first thing that I did was block, block everything out. And um, this is, I just went on with my life. I just felt like that was enough. Leaving was enough. Mm. Uh, no one really knew I had gone through extreme uh, abuse. And uh, now I know that it's a very common reaction for women to do that, to disconnect. Sometimes women disconnect for 20 years and you become so dis disassociated with what has happened. Right. That it just becomes like not a big deal anymore. It's like almost like you're trying to... Um, it's almost like it's almost like you've made it such a big deal in your mind. Yeah, you've kind of made this up where it's, you know, you can move forward. You you basically have escaped and now you can continue to live whatever life you want to choose for yourself. Right? Exactly. So what, how did you so you you basically blocked all these emotions out of you and as you and I know, blocking any kind of emotions is still you trapped within yourself. Yes. And when you're trapped, it, you're not really healing, per se. Mm -hmm. So what did you do? I mean, I'm sure things um, must have, did, it, did they tr get triggered again? Or did they, or are you continuing with this kind of uh, lifestyle where you just don't think about it? What, what do you suggest for those who are involved in this kind of relationship from that angle? Yes, actually, Rashmi, you just hit the nail on the head there. Um, so, I, I, so I wasn't healing at all. And when you decide to change, there are two things happen. There are two things will happen. Either you come to a point where you have reached an extreme level of pain and you reach a breaking point that's so severe that it pushes you out of that cycle and it pushes you to evolve and to seek help and to heal. And the other thing that may happen is just self-honesty. So you go through this humbling experience where you realize that part of you doesn't want to change and then you decide that you want it. <laughs> and so for me, it was the former. I reached a point where after that marriage, I said, never again, I'm not going to get into this type of relationship again. And then I met this person about four years later and uh, everything was going well. The relationship itself was not toxic at that point. And then I realized that he had been lying to me for, the, for a long period of time saying that, you know, he was uh, divorced and and I didn't. And anyway, I ended up finding out that his wife was still living with him, and 
it was uh, it was very uh, shattering for me because it was the first person since my ex-husband that I actually trusted him. And then I realized that I didn't learn my lesson. It's the same pattern because that's what you know, that's what you're used to. And that's your comfort zone, whether it's it's something negative in your life or not, but that's what you formed as this is what you recognize to be normal. This is what is comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I just uh, went into this place where all of these past emotions and flashbacks and pain and anger just came back up. Hmm. And, and then I said, okay, I can't, I can't live my life like this. I need to start healing now. Hmm. And that was the moment where I decided to, to start healing because I couldn't, I was looking everywhere. I was Googling, I was YouTubing, I was listening to podcasts and reading self-help books. And it helped to a certain degree, but I needed more. And I just had no idea where to find it. And that's where I started my healing journey. Oh, wow. And that's where you've, it, things just opened up for you. Yes, exactly. You started breaking down the barriers and the patterns. Yes, that's right. What part of the, um, maybe there's several, but was there any, while you were going through the self-healing, was there anything that stood out as this was it? This is my moment. This is what I'm, I need to break out of. Was there any type of uh, training that you went through that, you think would be a good takeaway for us? Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, I went through many trainings and I think, I mean, all of them were, were, were very useful, I would say. Yeah, it's I would talk to you, I would talk to you about all of these things. Um, I think uh, the, uh, one thing that I started with, which, which was very, very helpful for me was uh, the yoga. Mm. Because, um, we have trauma when we go through these deeply distressing and disturbing events. And not many people know this, but we do store a lot of trauma in our bodies and our emotions. And it can, our body can only handle a limited amount of stress. Right. And so it can be very harmful to the body. Uh, you, you can, can, it can show up in anxiety and tension, even illness and and so for me, doing yoga really helped me recenter and reconnect with my body, reconnect with my mind and my energy. So that was one thing that was incredibly helpful for me. And that was the start of my healing. That's wonderful. I am so happy that, you know, and you're right. Yoga is a form of, it's a great breathing exercise. It's a an exercise on its own and it's a form of meditation you know and so it combines the entire element of being within yourself and allowing you to just be free so i'm glad that you're able to take this yoga into part of your life and i'm i'm assuming you do yoga pretty often every day i'm assuming right I do re yoga regularly. So I, I've become a yoga teacher as well. And so, uh, yes, yoga has become a very much a part of my life and meditation as well. And just reconnecting with myself, mm -hmm. uh, being still, we have a tendency to distract ourselves and to keep so, so busy after we go through these, uh, these experiences. 
And meditation is really a way to sit still and reconnect with our thoughts, reconnect with who we are, what we want, and just be congruent and aligning your thoughts with your feelings and your actions. And that is so, so important. Uh, so, Isabel, um, you've discussed about how you were able to break through and you found this journey also through coaching and you've learned the techniques with uh, the new tools that you have now to help you through it. What else, um, do you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on social support? Uh, because I know that's one of the things that was taken away from you. You were pretty much uh, removed from any type of support, friendship, family, due to this toxic relationship. So did you have trouble getting back into the social support? Uh, can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Yes, absolutely. So uh, what I found is I, I decided to, I found a, I joined a group of women in a women's organization, uh, which was specializing in domestic violence uh, and healing afterwards. And so I joined this group, uh, not really knowing what to expect from it. And this was absolutely a, a, such a good experience for me because I was, like you say, I was so isolated. I was so alone. And I finally felt like my feelings were validated. I finally felt like I wasn't alone. Connecting with women who have been through the same experiences as you or similar experiences to you and having them understand what you went through without judgment, Absolutely. without and with understanding and relating to what you've been through. I mean, that was, that was so important to me. I had so many breakthroughs in listening to other women's stories as well, feeling like we are all standing together to support each other. It was such an incredible experience because as a human, we all need to feel heard and seen and understood. And when you go through these experiences, you don't talk about it and you end up disconnecting from everyone around you because you don't think anyone can ever understand what you went through. That's, that's powerful. In the, when you had the social support and you met so many different people who've gone through similarities such as you, is, can, what can you shed light with? Because now you have so many different people with so many signs and signals. Is there anything that you can shed light on the difference in abuse other than the of obvious ones, which are visible ones, is there a major difference between emotional and physical abuse? Is, is the, the coping mechanism different or is there uh, signals that are different from emotional and physical abuse? Because I want to make sure that we understand not always about physical abuse. It's also emotional abuse that we go through. Uh, as humans, and that has a strong connection to how you will carry on with yourself and your mental health and your mental well-being. So can you shed us some light on the differences, if there are any, uh, between the two? Yeah, so you touched on a really good point there, Rashmi, because when we speak about domestic violence, it's often... Uh, people don't realize that it's not only the physical aspect, it's so many other aspects. It can be the physical, like you say, but it's also the emotional. 
and I and it can't be dismissed as violence because it actually it is very very soul crushing when somebody hits you when somebody is physically abusive with you even if it's just a shove or you know just being very aggressive it will scare you it's going to create reflexes in your body when other people approach you the bruises will heal right but and there is still trauma you can kind of disconnect with your body when you feel that you're not no longer in control of yourself right what happens when you have the emotional abuse and the person is always either criticizing you yelling at you um calling you names uh saying that you're not good enough through repetition your subconscious mind ends up believing all of these things that the person says to you and it's extremely important to realize that the thoughts that have been embedded through your mind may have come from your childhood and normally when we get into these kinds of relationships it's because between the ages of 1 and 7 you have had experiences with some with caretakers uh, that have led you to feel a certain way about yourself which is a negative way and then you recognize that into that person that you meet later on right which who reinforces your actually your beliefs about yourself and it's extremely easy for people like for people narcissists or people who are abusive to spot those vulnerabilities and to play around them so you, they know exactly what buttons to push to make you feel like you do not deserve any better and what is so important is to know is that you can change your limiting beliefs absolutely and i think you've really touched on a lot of sensitive areas more a lot of abuse comes from your development your childhood how you have been uh, what trauma you may have experienced or you had kind of emotional trauma that you might have gone through so these kind of shapes you to feel again with that pattern of that comfortability of being around these type of negativity of being around these kind of behaviors and you consider that to be a comfort zone so that's in a nutshell what we are trying to accomplish is to get out of it we're trying to have our mindset break these barriers and these thoughts uh and stop repeating these patterns of abuse of trauma of the stress and anxiety that we go through which can be also detrimental to the point we can go through PTSD and we can go through uh life threatening issues so not saying it's always the case but you're right the childhood has a lot of role to play for you to recognize how strong you will be in this kind of situation if you're in a toxic relationship if you have had a healthier relationship while you were young you may be able to recognize it much more quickly and you may be able to get out of it with much more ease compared to someone who's been through this cycle over and over and over again is that a fair statement 
Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Because the more we repeat the same patterns, even if we start getting into relationships or even surround, it's not even only about romantic relationships because when we have those beliefs, we tend to surround ourselves with people who will enforce what we already think about ourselves. Absolutely. This is one of the most touching and sensitive topics to discuss. And I commend you to come on to talk about it. What other areas do you think and how can someone take the first step of seeking the support that they need? Yeah, so um, that's a, I, so I, I have turned all of my, all of these, um, this experience into a practice. I feel like NLP, so Neuro Linguistic Programming uh, and Hypnotherapy has really, really helped me a lot. And so I think the first thing to identify, the first thing to the healing journey is really to start to be aware of where you are right now. Reconnect with your situation. Really be honest with yourself. Uh, and so uh, for me, I would, I, so I, I want to women to find happiness. And I turned all of these, this experience into something really positive where I put all of these practices together. I learned all of these practices and now I'm able to offer these, this healing process to other women mm. for them to start ha having this experience and, and heal and find happiness again. It doesn't have to define your life. It doesn't. Absolutely true. According to this life journey, you're pretty strong in understanding that the best way to overcome this toxic relationship that you're in is not give into uh, their control, their power. If someone is, I mean, is that one of the first things that you would say? as a takeaway in terms of supporting someone and reaching out before they can even reach out. For example, mm -hmm. you may not be in the state of mind to reach out to someone. So would that be a fair statement where they should start recognizing this pattern and stop giving into this kind of behavior mm -hmm. in this toxic relationship? Yeah, I think I think I would say that it's a very reflective period when you are not ready to reach out to somebody else and you need to reach that point where you have recognized, like you say, the patterns. So it's really a, an exercise of looking back into your past and maybe writing down, you know, mm -hmm. past relationships and what you've experienced and maybe write down the traits of the people you were with in the past. And then once everything, writing is so powerful. I can't start talking more about writing because- I agree with you. And such an amazing tool. And you see it on paper. You see similarity between the partners that you've had in the past, the feelings that you've experienced with these people. Is so powerful. And once you've identified that and you have that aha moment where you're like, wow, this has been going on for such a long time. I need to, I need to change. This is going to be that that moment where you're gonna be like, okay, I need to reach out to family, I need to reach out to friends, I need to get counseling, I need to find a coach mm -hmm. and start to change these patterns because 
who wants to go if you get out of the relationship if you don't start working on yourself it will just come back you will go back into the same relationship with somebody else who does the same thing you you really hit the nail i think with putting down your thoughts and feelings is one way to keep yourself actually calm and relieve that stress you're going through and two you'll start recognizing the pattern that you're going through. And that is such a powerful tool. And I'm glad you mentioned that uh, to the audience today. So where do we go from now, Isabel? We, we've discussed about the patterns. We've discussed about the breaking of the pattern and some of the resources that they need to utilize to receive the help. Is there any good takeaways from this? What? Uh, how can we support our audience to go a little bit further yes okay. yes absolutely so um i am offering to the audience right now a 45 minute call free call for all the listeners and because i want to get the process started for you even if you are not ready to step outside of the relationship or if you're not ready to quite to start the healing journey i want to help you find clarity on where you're at right now to kind of untangle the situation and to start to figure out what your next steps could be and be actually available to you at this point. And so I, if, you, if, if any listeners wants to book a call with me, I'm so happy to do that. Uh, you can go on uh, thetrustedjourney.com slash loveyourself and you can find a time and I'm going to be so happy to talk to you because I'm really on a mission to help women heal from this. I'm on a mission to help them find their worth again. And it's it's just so important and it's been ignored for a really long time and it has just come up in the past few years with the Me Too movement and all of these, uh, these amazing social uh, events that have been going on. And so now is a beautiful time to start your new chapter. So there you have it. Uh, Isabel, thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you, Rashmi. It was a pleasure being here. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. So thank you for uh, joining us today on our Living to Love Yourself podcast. And if you have any questions or if you want to reach out for, from today's episode, please follow my link and reach out and I'm here to help you. If you want to reach out to The Trusted Journey, just click on the below link and we'll get you there. Again, appreciate you. Love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.